Thank you, my friend. Well, it's good to be here tonight. Uh, Harlem, Georgia. Any of you ever heard of Harlem? How many have been there? Been there. Uh, Oliver Hardy was born there in 1895. Of course, he left when he was five years old. Um, Harlem was a, when I went to Florida, the chairman of the Deacons, uh, when he heard that uh, they're bringing a guy in from Harlem, he was thinking Harlem, New York. He was concerned. Well, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm wearing black and red today. My wife picked that out. I'm a Florida Gator fan. <laughs> uh, but I, but I, but I, but I, I, I grew up waiting till next year, so that's, not, that's okay. Hey, if you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 10. Uh, I was telling John a little earlier that uh, it's been since Bible college since somebody assigned me in homiletics uh, a text. And so David gave us a, a text. So we're going to be looking at the part of the Master's Marvelous Mandate uh, here in Matthew chapter 10. Uh, this is where Jesus is giving courage and confidence for the disciples to serve. You realize that Jesus had, had commissioned the 12 for ministry, providing uh, detailed instruction regarding the work that, he, that was expected, that he expected uh, them to perform. Uh, Jesus told them where to go. He told them what to take. And he also told them how to conduct themselves as they ministered among men and women. Now Jesus offers some insight into what they could expect as they ministered for him. True to his nature, Jesus was always up front with his disciples, as he is with us, always up front, uh, revealing what they should expect, what we should expect, even though likely it, it, uh, it was not what these disciples envisioned or uh, desired. Uh, when, you, when I accepted the, uh, the Christ as my Lord and Savior, when you accepted the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you had no idea what the journey you were about to take. You had no idea. But God has already mapped it out. Jesus was well aware that many would reject their message and uh, resist their efforts of proclaiming the good news. Now, some of what Jesus revealed to these men would not happen immediately here in this particular passage of Scripture. Um, but each of these men would deal with circumstances just as Jesus described uh, as they served him proclaiming the gospel. Because once Jesus died on the cross, was buried, rose again, and ascended back to heaven, then the, and the power of the Holy Spirit fell, then these men realized that, hey, there's some things coming that we were not expecting. Um, no doubt these men would remember the words that Jesus told them here in Matthew 10, uh, and, and they would draw strength from that as they served the Lord throughout their life. In order to effectively serve the Lord, you and I must possess wisdom and courage. This passage of Scripture provides a practical insight to those ministering not only in their culture, but in today's culture. As we discuss the, the various aspects of the text, I want us to think about the courage and confidence that God has given you and I to serve. Notice, first of all, there's a, a day of obligation. A day of obligation. Jesus points out several areas in which all believers are obligated, and we today share obligation concerning our commission. Verse 16, the first part of verse 16, our commission Behold, I send you out as sheep 
in the midst of the wolves. Now, we may choose to deny our obligation to carry out the Great Commission, but it does not change our obligation. It does not change. Uh, the task wasn't easy. Jesus was telling these disciples, and just like he's telling you and I, we're, we are sheep going out among the wolves. In the latter part, the last part of verse 16, we see he reveals our character. He says in the last part of verse 16, Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, Jesus reveals a very different, yet a very distinct the characteristics of the believer. We are to be wise as serpents. Now, we, we had a discussion about serpents, about snakes. Uh, and I think you had that, we had to talk about it a little bit. Snakes are kind of a weird creature. I do not like snakes. Uh, I, one time, uh, my wife was directing a vacation Bible school, and, and we had a jungle theme, and she had ordered a, a ton of rubber snakes. One after Sunday afternoon, I was laying, went to, to lay down and to take a nap, pulled back the covers, and, and I about had a heart attack when I realized she had put a bunch of these rubber snakes in the bed. Uh, uh, snakes do get in crazy places, don't they? But um, he said, therefore be wise as serpents, because they realize they need to hide. That's why uh, God created them with, with cover. But, uh, we, but yet... Uh, we're to live among the world very quietly and cautiously, but always with wisdom. Uh, we're, we're to be vigilant in sensing danger, yet we need to be quick to avoid adversity. There are times when we must stand our ground and defend our faith. There must be that time that we've got to do it. But on the other hand, we must not cast our pearls before the swine, engaging in fruitless conflict that will only bring harm and reproach to the cause of Christ. Uh, it's, it's very sensitive. Uh, churches get a bad reputation real quick. And we as believers, we are held to a responsibility and a higher uh, responsibility to make sure that we do not harm the cause of Christ. Um, and so we need to be holy, have a holy boldness and in, in, in to stand, but it needs to be tempered with wisdom to keep silent or flee when necessary. Uh, remaining silent and avoiding conflict are not always signs of weakness. Sometimes it's a sign of wisdom to being able to avoid a conflict. We're also to be harmless as doves. Now, doves in the scripture is a symbol of peace and purity. They represent a humble nature, and we are to possess that harmless, gentle nature. Now, much damage has been done to the testimony of the church because professing Christians have not possessed a gentle nature. We must be vigilant must be vigilant and stand for the truth, but it must be done with a heart of love and, and tenderness. We've got to be careful when we, it's okay that we need to stand bold and against sin. We need to stand bold and tell, tell the world what, where we believe, but we must do it with love. And, we, and, and, and sometimes I, I'm afraid many of our church Christians, they say, oh, uh, we're loved, we love the sinner, but we hate the sin, but they don't hear that. They, all they hear is we hate the sin. We just hate them. We've got to make sure we, we have a heart of love and tenderness. But then I want you to notice in verse 17, when we get there in just a moment, a day of opposition. Now we need to understand that every generation of believers had lived in days of opposition. Every, every generation. There had been some times, and at, at some at times, been higher levels than others, but Christians have been opposed 
in every generation. Never has been a generation where Christians were not opposed. What is the source of opposition? Verse 17, the first part of it is organized religion. Look at verse 17. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils and scourge you in their synagogues. Now Jesus warns that the religious circles will bring intense opposition to the truth. We face religious opposition even today. Not every church that dots the corners along the streets of every highway in America teach and practice the truth. Uh, they used to, you know, growing up in the South, we, you know, we have a church on every corner. Uh, and uh, I remember growing up in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, they said if you got ran over on Sunday morning, you get ran over by a church bus. Uh, and because there, you know, there's so many. But there's churches of every nature. I, even driving, uh, driving over here tonight, uh, Seventh-day Adventist church, Methodist church, and I mean, look, but not all of them are bad. But there's a lot of churches that are, that are dotting our city that does not teach the truth. And the truth is found in the Word of God. When we fail to teach the Word, and we need to, you know, uh, we just need to just say, hey, thus saith the Lord. I remember when I went to my first pastorate, uh, one of the men gave me a book. And, uh, and he, wrote in, he wrote in that book, and I, to something to this it, thank you for preaching the word. Thank you for preaching the word. And I tell you what, that's what it means. That's, that, and that's one reason why we're here, the preaching the word. Uh, the, the word. Uh, so organized religion. But then also in verse 18, we see oppressive rulers. Look at verse 18. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. Now, Jesus is warning them that there would be opposition not only from the religious rulers, but government rulers as well. We're, we're, we're seeing more and more government interference in our churches today. I mean, uh, they, they're, they're trying to regi- uh, uh, legislate things against the church. I mean, uh, I, I know some, our, plan, your commi- our committee have been dealing with the planning committee of, or the planning commission of the, of the city. I'm going to tell you something. That's not always an easy task. They're, they're not, listen, it's easier to get a liquor store than a church. Isn't that sad? Uh, it, it, it just, but that's where we are sometimes. But here we find in verses 19 and 20, we find that Jesus tells them that, that when opposition comes, in verse 19 he says, Do not worry about how or what you should speak. For it shall be given to you in that hour that what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Now today, as believers, we are now, when we're saved, we are indwelt with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when I was going, uh, matter of fact, when I was a teenager, we, we had to, in training union, we had to memorize scripture. Had a verse of scripture we had to remember in Sunday school. I remember going to in, in doctrines class had to remember scripture. Going to homiletics, remembering scripture had to we had to memorize them. And I'm thinking, my goodness, why do we have to memorize all these scriptures? Why do we have to remember? The Bible says, "Hide the word of God in your heart that you might not sin against Him." But also, uh, as we speak. You might run into somebody you're talking to. If you have memorized that scripture, have hidden it in your heart, and you are now talking to somebody, and all of a sudden, you, the Holy Spirit it now impresses you, pop, 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 here's that verse that's coming out. You, you remember that? And you say, my goodness, I haven't used that in years. But the Holy Spirit does that. So we, we, we go by allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us to speak. 
Then the, uh, then another source of opposition, and I, I don't know, I don't know about you, but this has been a source of opposition to me. Oppressive relatives. Anybody ever have oppressive relatives? Anybody remember when you got saved? And how many, uh, some relatives? I remember when I got saved. I, I remember uh, from room, some reason my mom uh, wasn't at church that particular Sunday. And I remember running about three blocks, maybe four. Uh, after I got to Sunday school, I got saved. I, I ran home. I remember running into the kitchen. I said, hey, mom, I got saved today. And I didn't even really realize all it, all it was about. I just noticed something was different. But, uh, but I, went to, I remember in 19... 68, my brother was stationed in the Philippines. He was in the Air Force. And I, was, I wrote him a letter. Wrote him a letter to, to witness to him. And he wrote me a letter back. He said, I just want to tell you, I am the captain of my soul and the master of my ship. In 1974, in my mom and dad's kitchen, I led my brother to the Lord after he had, after he had been dealing with uh, demonic powers. I'm going to tell you, the Word of God is powerful, but families sometimes do not always agree. We have a good friend. God called her as a teenager to be a missionary, in, uh, and she just surrendered to, to go to the mission field. Her mom, who, who was a very faithful Sunday school teacher, very faithful uh, Christian, was so fearful that her daughter was going to go to the mission field, she put a hindrance to it. Now, luckily, and fortunately for her, she, uh, the, boy, the boy she married later on, he's now a pastor, but, uh, uh, but it's maybe, what, maybe God just did the second best. We have a good friend that uh, uh, her husband got, got, got saved and, and uh, then he got called to the ministry and uh, she told him, she said, I don't want to be a pastor's wife. And his life took some hard turns. Listen, family can, can hinder you or they can bless you. I trust you're a blessing to you. Um, then uh, in verse 21, 20, uh, 21, 22 let's look at that impressive relatives now brother, brother will deliver up brother to death and a father his child and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death and you will be hated by all for my name's sake but he who endures to the end will be saved now again I, I, I just want to preface this because sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the strongest opposition comes from our loved ones and friends but we must determine in our hearts that we are going to remain faithful to Jesus Christ. Now, don't misunderstand the text. Jesus isn't implying that we must work and endure to serve our salvation, but he's emphasizing that we just need to remain faithful, faithful to the call. The redeemed have an obligation to stand firm even during difficult times. Now, quickly, let me move to uh, how we can be confident to serve this in verses 23 to 28. Now, uh, we have confidence even in the presence of opposition. Look at verse 23. When they persecute you in, the city, in this city, flee to another. For surely I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Now, Jesus continued to be, be very matter-of-fact regarding opposition when he states uh, that, they, that they will be persecuted. 
he was he always is a speaks matter of factly. There is a certainty and an urgency. Uh, keep on keeping on for Jesus. I remember when I was in 1971, uh, I had went to Oklahoma to help my brother set up a carpet franchise and a uh, uh, carpet cleaning franchise. And I, and I uh, went to a, a church and, and my youth director uh, sent me a letter. I, it was on church letterhead. I'll never forget. It was on church letterhead and all of it did, all, and, I, and all I had big handwriting. Alan, keep on keeping on. Ernie, just keep on keeping on. And folks, that's what sometimes we have to do, just keep on keeping on. Just got to keep on. And, uh, uh, but he also instructed the disciples, hey, listen, if you're not being received, hey, move on to the next city. Keep on. Hey, don't let somebody hinder you from not presenting the word of God. Jesus wanted the disciples to proclaim the truth as many as possible. In verses 24 and 25, we find the principle in opposition. In verse 25, 24 and 25, says, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the household Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Now, simply, a disciple is not above his master, nor a servant above his Lord. Uh, Jesus is, is graciously reminding them that they are no better uh, than, than the, the Lord they serve. He said, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be with you. I'm, I'm right there with you. We must not, and you must not, and do not, do not abandon the work of Christ regardless of the opposition that you may face. In verse 26, we see the priority through opposition, the priority. Uh, Jesus wanted the disciples to maintain their focus and commitment to serve even in the face of opposition. Now, folks, we, we in America, we haven't really faced opposition. We've, we've been so blessed. Now, we do face some, but we are not persecuted like, like people, Christians are in other parts of the world. And we need, but we need to not take that for granted. We do not know. Uh, legislation can change in a heartbeat and can change things. Committed service to, to, to their priority. Regardless of the difficulties they are endured, just he spoke to the disciples of awareness, verse 26, he said, Therefore do not fear them, for they, there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Uh, Jesus instructed the disciples to have no fear to those who oppose him. Now, they may, they may seek to bring physical harm or slander their name or reputation, but, you know, the truth is, is, is going to be it's going to be revealed. It's going to, be, it's going to prevail one day. The Lord will provide the wisdom needed to overcome such attacks. God's going to vindicate those who followed him, many who, who would reject the disciples and their message. Here's the key. There is a judgment day coming. There's a judgment day coming. It might not be on this earth. I think I was telling the, the earlier uh, service, I said, R.G. Lee preached that sermon, Payday Someday. And, I, and I'm always reminded, Friday, every Friday is not payday. But there is a payday. There's consequences going to be paid sometime. And so uh, understand that at the day of judgment, the truth is going to be revealed. Now, it's easy to get discouraged. Uh, David, I don't know what day you take off, but I, I, I always took off Friday. The reason why, people say, why don't you take off Monday? Listen, I came home on Sunday night. I was defeated every Sunday night. 
I don't care how good a day we had. I just, I just drained. And I said, and they said, what? And I said, man, I'm gonna get back on the horse in the morning. I'm gonna get back in the saddle. I'm gonna go. And then I also learned, learned too. I didn't want to have a catch-up day. I, if, if I needed to catch up, I had Friday to do it. If I took off Monday, I had I didn't lost that. But we do get tired, and we need to be careful uh, not to not to get so discouraged. Uh, we, the scripture talks about David encourage himself in the Lord. You know, sometimes we always look for somebody else to pat us on the back, but sometimes we just need to get along with the Lord and let the Lord lift us up. Let, let the Lord lift us up by our bootstraps. Um, and, but many would reject that, but it's going to happen. And, but we, we are kept, and, and this is so, so wonderful, that we are kept by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're serving the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We may deal with diversity, and we may deal with pain in this life, but judgment is going to reveal the truth. They need to be reminded, just like you and I need to be reminded, they're not rejecting you and I. They're rejecting Jesus. We need to understand that. The, this difficulty, the, it, this is difficult to remember and to embrace. No one enjoys being ridiculed or abused. However, the truth Jesus spoke cannot be denied. Our loyalty must be to God and to him alone. Man may have the ability to take our physical life, but the Lord is able to destroy body and soul. I remember when I went with a youth director one time to, to visit this man, uh, one of the teenagers' uh, father, and uh, I was sitting in the passenger seat, and this guy came out with a gun, threatened to shoot my youth director. Well, if he was threatening to shoot him, he's going to shoot him. He's probably going to shoot me too. And, I, you know, and I'm thinking, boy, that was an early, early experience of that. But, you know, at that time, I probably didn't think about it, but now as a mature I realized that, you know what? If he'd have took my life, that scripture, absent with the body, present with the Lord, is a reality. It's a reality. And, and we, need to, we need to make sure that we're, we're, faith, we're faithful and regardless of the opposition we face. Um, I find it interesting when I, when I study the life and ministry of, of Jesus, his approach is vastly different than the model most pursue today. Now, many departed from the Lord when he revealed that he, what was expected. You know, many walked away. Truthfully, we cannot follow Jesus apart from his grace and provision. Uh, we need to, you know, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of churches today. Uh, uh, how, many, how many of you remember going to, the church, to a church in the, in the uh, early 60s? Any of you remember going to the church in the early 60s? Things started changing. Changes started to take place. I remember in the 70s, then the 80s, 90s come along, and things started changing. And I did I realize something, Brother David, that I, I started sounding like people did my adult peers from the 60s. Nobody likes change, they say. Well, I got a, I got a, got a, got one for you. How many of you? Now, y'all, I know I'm gonna get down with you here. Okay, listen, listen to me. Okay, how many of you have ever been, ever had a home, or ever had to use an outhouse? Now, how many of you like to go back to those good old days? 
oh, nobody does. Uh, it's, I grew up in a house with no air conditioning, so, you know, and uh, so, you know, I, I, but, uh, but what I'm saying is, is that we change. You, men, have you ever had a hip problem where one of your hips just hurting all the time? You know what the doctor say? Take your wallet and put it in the other hip pocket. It does change. Change does happen, but, uh, but churches need not change the message of Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the question is, are we confident in serving him today? Are we confident? Do we have the needed boldness and faith to proclaim the gospel in the face of any opposition? You remember, we do have a mandate from our master. Thank you, brother. Well, all of God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you, thank you, dear Alan Yarbrough for that practical wisdom. And I just want to shout an amen to you about your view of the uh, good old days. I don't know about you, but for me, the good old days were this morning and no further back, all right? How wonderful, good. Well, let me pray for us. We'll, dis, uh, we'll dismiss, and I want you to share your love and your encouragement uh, to Brother Allen and to Sheila, okay? Father, thank you for the opportunity to look into your word. We bless you for what we've heard this evening and how you've uh, uh, laid it clear before.